Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami. You've got stars. Picture at Los Angeles 2017. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you will ever need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then we talk about it. And we just watched season five, episode three, Accurate Conception, which aired on October 14th, 1989. Skinny Becky. And is the one with. We had new new Rebecca, new new just Becky. like new Becky, just like Roseanne had a new Becky. This is our new Becky. This is our new Becky, uh, yeah. and she wants to be in, artificially inseminated. Yeah, we had we had the original Becky on the podcast. Yes, we did. Sean a couple seasons ago. She yeah, was absolutely lovely. Listen to, to that interview. If I you went guys to her birthday uh, party. It was delightful. We were, uh, it was at a karaoke place in Koreatown. I oh that's right yeah we yeah. sang a song together what did great. you sing I forget the song I'm horrible at karaoke I only sing private you're also dancer. horrible at remembering karaoke songs that you've sang because karaoke's bullshit okay well it, I mean no offense to people it's who one enjoy man's it opinion also like karaoke when you when you have your own fucking special room that you pay for like you're paying <laughs> to be, make a fool of yourself like it's ridiculous karaoke's supposed to be in a bar public shame. No well, now payment. you're shaming a woman who wanted oh, no. to do Sean karaoke is, on her birthday. Sean is great. I'm not shaming the mm-hmm. idea. I'm shaming the activity as a whole. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, Sean's great. And she wrote Encino Man, which <laughs> she I did. still is one of my favorite movies. She, and so. directed. Didn't she direct it? I, no, I think she just wrote oh, it. fuck it. She's amazing. Not just wrote it, but I believe she She's wrote amazing. it. She's amazing. She's uh, amazing. We're we're already bickering in front of company. <laughs> we do have we have a guest for this episode. Very exciting. Someone who we've been trying to get for a while. He's a he's a delight. He's a great friend of mine. He's a good man. He and he has a uh, a special coming out. A comedy fan stand up special coming out on on Comedy Central. Yes, which means it's legit in in just a few weeks, which is very exciting. Please welcome Joe DeRosa. Hi. Hi Joe. Hi, Hi Joe. How are you both? Great. How are you? Doing well. So your it's comedy nice special is called "You Let Me Down." Or you let me down. Yes. And uh, and the, February third. And tell us a little bit about it. Uh, well, it's an hour long special. It's my first hour long special. Congratulations! I, thank Mazel you very much. Off. Thank you. Thank you. I was been lucky enough to have done a couple half hours with them over the years. So it's cool to finally do an hour and. Um, uh, you know, it's what I do. It's a lot of finger pointing. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? You know, that kind of stuff. I can vouch. I've seen Joe perform before many times. Very funny. Thank very, you. Very, very funny. So this special, I 
guarantee you guys will be incredible. But Joe, I have to admit, I like you for another reason that has nothing to do with your amazing skill with comedy. You are that weird, weird, weird as fuck specimen of a human being that you are a straight white man with extensive knowledge of the Golden Girls. Yes, uh, that, that is true. I am technically not white. I should oh. have told you that earlier. Okay. I'm Middle Eastern. Okay. But I guess visually... Visually, you I have the white. privilege. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I am, I, uh, I am a rare... You know, I own seasons one through five. Okay. They are proudly displayed on my shelf. That's I have a, a pretty extensive DVD and Blu-ray collection at home. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a mediaphile. I collect media incessantly. Same. Same. I have sick. A, see those CD cases down there? They're all DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm offended that you put them into those cases. Yeah. I believe they should be up on these walls. I was traveling back and forth That's between why I never LA got a Kindle. And, <laughs> between LA and New York, it was too much. It was too much. I needed and I needed my content, so I took I made it mobile. I I have it in my phone here as I talk, I can probably find it, but I have a picture of what I call my media wall <laughs> in my apartment. Uh and I'm very, very proud of it. Why only one through five? Uh, I'm glad you asked, and there's a reason I specified that. If you can yeah. see under, I'm in a loft, but you can see yeah. under the staircase. Yes, I see there's that. There's a huge media that wall. That is a giant media it's wall. It's a nice apartment, too. Uh, you're barely getting any of it. you yeah. got to see it in person. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> I uh, think thank he just you. invited us over for dinner. I'm dinner inviting Joe's. you guys over. Dinner at Joe's. Uh, y- y- it's a, uh, oh, wait, why only one through five? Uh, because season five, to me, is the turning point, which I believe that... B. Arthur would agree, because I remember seeing her in interviews and talking about, like, there's, you know, there's sort of, there's sort of the heyday of the Golden Girls, and then they switched over the, completely switched over the writing staff. Yes. Uh, Some of the original writers uh, went on to do many great things. Um, Roseanne. Roseanne. Well, and I'm blanking on their names right now, and I'm embarrassed, but my favorite comedy of all time and it's in my top ten movies of all time, is uh-huh. Kingpin. Oh, yeah, it's and great. And that was written by two of the Golden Girls writers. Yeah. It's, it's, it is an achievement in comedy. The film is yeah. brilliant to me. Yeah. I, I, I always say Bill Murray should have been nominated for an Oscar. I mean, he It play, was great. He plays the scumbag so believably. It's just <laughs> really joke good. after joke after yeah. joke. So I um, didn't realize, so I always knew Kingpin as a Farrelly Brothers movie, but it was written by Mort Nathan and Barry yeah. Fanaro. Yep. Wow. So, so interesting. Yeah. So the Farrelly Brothers directed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for some reason, let's not sidetrack too much on Kingpin, but my point is, is <laughs> so season five to me is the last of the great Golden Girl seasons. Um, I do want to get six and seven just as a completist. Yeah, you got to. But I got to be honest, watching six and seven kind of bummed me out. Terry Gross is no longer directing, which yeah. I'm not. Terry Hughes? Or Terry Hughes, excuse me. Wait, who's Terry Gross? Terry Gross is the NPR host. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> With that soft spoken, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We are here for mm-hmm. Night Air, whatever the fuck it it's called. It makes me fresh a air. Little... Night, fresh, fresh air. air yeah. Fresh air. Yeah. Sorry. Night, Sorry. Air. Terry night Air. Hughes. <laughs> it's Night Air. It's smoky. It makes me a little <laughs> sad when I don't see Terry Hughes' name anymore. Yeah. On the episodes, uh, Terry Hughes, legendary sitcom director, multicam sitcom director. He is responsible for not only the Golden Girls, but also Will and Grace, much of Will and Grace. Yeah. I mean, a lot of friends he directed. Yeah. He has a pretty iconic Cheers. He was huge into Cheers. Yeah. Um, pretty iconic director. So, yeah. And you, I, I find that his absence is quite noticeable. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people think with sitcoms, 
when it comes to the director, it's like, well, there's three cameras and they, you yeah. know. It's like, no, like, different decisions are being made in episodes six and seven. The, mm-hmm. the, the episodes have a different feel. There's a much harder use of the soft focus, which I don't care for. It yeah. all looks very hallmarky all of a sudden. Um, you can see this. I don't say this as a criticism. It, it's something that makes me sad. You can yeah. see the early stages of... Uh, of, uh, of um, uh, uh, Estelle Getty's like dementia starting mm-hmm. to, to yeah. set in because you can see that she's not like she's not completely focused in the scene. Yeah, 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 and like she's kind of on this like weird autopilot. It's like watching like the late Rodney Dangerfield movies. Yeah, where you're like he's he's there, but he's not there. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say these things because there is oftentimes a big divide between one through. four. Four well, and like five early seasons seven. versus later seasons. Yeah, it's like and me Elliot, and Elliot Glazer tend to. This is everyone thinks I'm like I'm more of an early season person, but I love them all. I love them yeah. all as well. Yeah. But the case of the Libertine Bell is my favorite episode and happens to fall into the later seasons. Yeah. So it's yeah, you know I also is... I also appreciate I feel like in the later seasons when you have someone like Mitchell Hurwitz on the staff is yeah. where you're getting a lot more jokes mm-hmm. per, sure. per page. I literally was just texting with Elliot and I was literally just te- texting Mitchell Hurwitz to oh, say yes. that. And Elliot was saying how, um, you know, you, you're at my favorite seasons, five through seven. Like literally he's like, this His is, this is, seasons he's obsessed. Five through I know. Seven? Yeah. He's literally, that's it's crazy. That's like crazy talk to me. I he don't just understand. quoted the last episode to me. Like he's, he's pretty obsessed yeah. with this season. Uh, yeah. I live on the same building and same floor as Elliot. Oh, you live in his apartment complex. Yeah. Interesting. Which I won't name. I'm over. No, cause yeah. we, we have so many people listening who want to stalk us. <laughs> right, and, right, right. But um, yeah, I live over there. We're filming out of Minnesota actually. Yes. Uh, no, I've been. I, I'm over at his apartment often. That's interesting. You guys, I said to Elliot, I'll text we should you start when I'm hanging over. out. I yeah. gotta go over and. Uh, got, you're like gonna have a new Golden Girls. He buddy. tells me to come over and, and use the pool every time, and I tell him no. I don't. I don't do that. I don't yeah. use pools. Yeah. But I I'll, haven't used our pool yet either. But it's yeah. it's a nice pool. It's nice. All right, guys, let's get into this episode. Yes, let's, I I have a lot to talk about. This is a g- memorable episode. Oh, can I say one last thing? Yes. Absolutely. About the shift in seasons, the the, the biggest gripe <laughs> I have with the with the seasonal shift in the later stuff. They took Dorothy's bite away. Yeah. The, the, to me, the funniest moments on The Golden Girls are when Dorothy goes, no, Rose. My favorite joke ever of all time on The on the Golden Girls is in season four in the Valentine's Day episode when they're buying the condoms. Yes. And Rose goes, and she, Dorothy goes, we need protection for this trip. And Rose goes, what, do you, what kind of protection? And she goes, two armed Pinkerton guards, Rose. <laughs> like, they just, in season five, they transition out of Dorothy doing she that. She becomes more know. sardonic in a way. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's a muted sort of sarcasm, well, almost guys, she's silliness. She's suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome. That's true. She's very tired. True. She's that sick and tired. She's yeah. very tired this <laughs> entire season. She may not have the energy to, to arm herself with these <laughs> angry, sorry. sarcastic remarks episode, to Rose. That will not ever change Rose's Nothing point of view on life. Nothing will annoy me more than Dorothy at the end reading off a cue card. Like, there's, it's so... I'm when, sorry, which episode? The the, the sick and tired. Oh. At, the, at the very, very end, when she's confronting, you know, the doctor, she's like, when you're sick and you're scared, and she's like, not even looking at him. She's looking at a card off stage. Yeah. It's, all right. This is, this is not all, the time not to the get time. into okay. sick and yes. tired. Yes. We're, let's focus on this episode. So, um... 
Oh gosh. Blanche's daughter Becky is in town and Blanche is getting sort of like a a tray together of breakfast, coffee, tea, whatever bullshit there is. And and of course Rebecca's now played by Deborah Engel who's Becky number two. Yeah, who I stalked on Facebook and she's living a nice comfortable life. That's great. That's good. So her pictures say. Not a fan of the Becky switch. No. On either show. I want Sean Shep's back. Yeah, yeah. I loved her. Yeah, Sean. But Sean was busy. Sean was Sean was producing Encino Man. Sean was like being very busy. Good mm-hmm. for her writing yeah. like the only good like there's like Adam two Adam Sandler movie. No, um, no, it's Paulie Paul Shore. Yeah, Paulie Shore. There's like Whoa. two. The there's two person. decent Paulie Shore movies, and it's that one and Son in Law. Yeah, yeah. Son in Law's yeah. pretty yeah. great too. Did she also good. write Son in Law? I don't know. I don't know, that. but it to she me that speaks leagues that she wrote one of the good. She wrote the best one. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, so Rebecca is in town visiting Blanche yes. and she tells her, mama, I'm getting impregnated on Monday. Yeah. Uh, while they're sitting out on the one yeah. having breakfast. Arti- yes. Yeah. She's not going to go artificially. fuck some dude. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the truck stop, mama. She's right. going to get artificially inseminated and Blanche is flies off the handle because Blanche I- wants her to either wait until she gets married or she wants... Uh, Rebecca to wait until Blanche is dead. Now I understand <laughs> Blanche's like I understand Blanche's response to the artificial insemination because of course Blanche wants her to like take a D and do go to town like like. Well, and also I think Blanche is, and again, Blanche is coming from. Blanche's angle to argue with Rebecca, I yeah. think, is off because she's making it sound like what she wants to do. She keeps saying the words unnatural. It's unnatural. And and I think she wants down, her to sit on a D. I, well, it's not only that she's like, oh, sex is pleasurable. But I think that she's concerned about Rebecca being a single mother. Yes. Which yes. is. But yeah. but that's not she's not saying like I'm worried that like how are you going to do it this way let's figure it out together you know being a single mom I believe in you she's sort of saying like it's unnatural for you not to be married yeah. which is insulting I don't uh, I I don't agree with Blanche's this is one of the beefs I have with uh, this season uh, this is where <laughs> this is where to me they start to give character traits to characters where it doesn't totally make sense to me. Yeah. I feel like Blanche is easily the most progressive of all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she owns her sexuality. She owns her independence. But her, her, She's the one to me that would be saying to her daughter... I felt like this should have been a Rose episode. Yeah. And because Rose is so innocent and small town and traditional yeah. that she can't wrap her head around it. But they it. do this with Blanche a lot. I mean, look at her when brother. When it's applicable to her family, yeah. then she sort of contradicts she shifts, herself. She sh- she's socially very like progressive. Like Clayton, I'm, I, I accept, I think being gay is fine, but not when it's my brother and he wants to marry a man. Yeah, there is something about the familial aspect to Blanche's sort of reality that she does become very conservative in a way. You yeah, know? weirdly. I feel like... And I, well, I'll say this too. I love this episode. I think it is one of the better episodes of season five um, and probably one of the better episodes of this show series. But um, one of the things I think is I think the jokes that Blanche, the Blanche's jokes in this to me yeah. would have been even funnier if it was coming from an outside perspective. Yeah. You know, and I like the one that. that really resonates with me is the pervert look. They're on the <laughs> elevator and Blanche says she's embarrassed and then there's this they looked at us like we were perverts, and then her joke is, trust me, I've seen that look before. Yeah. Which is a funny joke. Mm-hmm. To me, it's even funnier, though, if Rose is upset and yeah. goes, 
they looked at us like we were perverts, and then Blanche comes in with, oh, honey, I've gotten that look before. Trust me, we're fine. You know right, what I mean? Or right, like, right. So, like the, the expert on That's like... That's true. Mm-hmm. So like, but that being said, doesn't ruin the episode for me. No. But another one of my favorite sitcoms is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and... Once in a while, they'll do this on there, too. They'll give Charlie a thing where he's way too smart. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the guy that literally can't read. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't be this sharp about something yeah. like this, you know? Yeah. So, but, but I, I guess, I don't know. Maybe you and I just... were talking, we, we mentioned while we were watching the episode that we think, and I, you know, I've talked about this before, but that Blanche, of all the actresses on the show, I think she's probably the most adept at handling sort of these kind of situations like these these sort of character turns well, even at the end of the scene she had to me which was i mean it was a joke i think we all saw coming but you know she tells rebecca that she's like you know uh you know i didn't raise you as a baby to to wake up in the middle of the night when you were crying and come all the way downstairs and call for the governess yeah you know right. just yeah. to have you and then she does that sort of twirl and that in her long silk robe and it's sort of a this episode sort of a, you know robes like on uh, point. her she's doing it her sort of you know when it, when she makes sort of one of her declarative statements and yeah. then turns and walks away with her head held high like yes. nobody does that like Blanche Devereaux and I also love yeah. that scene ends it's in the morning she's wearing a long silk robe it immediately flips to a scene that night she comes in wearing a new silk robe like we've just gone from day to night robe yeah. to robe yeah it pl- pl- the robe plus the well, the gown plus the robe. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. two, it's double silk. Yeah. yeah. She's uh, silk on silk. Mm-hmm. And she's, and well, so that later that evening, they all get together to, I mean, Blanche is preparing a very large meal in the kitchen because she's so upset by this. Right. Which, can, can, yeah, and if we could just sidestep there for a second, how are these women not? 700 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you've talked about this before. She lays out this spread on yeah. the table. Now, usually they just eat. A cheesecake, the most fattening cake, yeah. and ice cream <laughs> at like 3 a.m. and go directly back to bed. Yeah. Uh, this scene, she lays out this spread. It's like of a like, cheese platter. It's interesting because like, there's like cinnamon buns, like, <laughs> and they're just like getting cinnamon ready to go bun. get down. Yeah. I've done. I've done. I've had nights where I ha- I have such a snack attack that like. <laughs> I will eat one That's thing. That's my favorite nineties snack food attack. Commercial. Yeah. Snack attack. Yeah, I have a snack attack. Yeah. And I literally will eat one thing and then I'll be like, mm, I need something else. But it's never like all at once. It's always mm-hmm. like I get up and get another thing and another mm-hmm. thing. You're picking. Until it's like a point where I literally, if you laid it all out, I would have what Blanche laid out. Mm-hmm. It's just that I've ate it all night. Sure, sure. Here's so the whole point of this scene, Blanche. This scene is, this scene is great, I have to say. It's, like it's great, but but their it, reactions, the girls, I don't, this is, I, yes, you don't like it? I don't like the reaction. Oh, I see. I do. I don't. I so, do. so, and I also think that their reactions, and when I'm saying reactions, literally Dorothy, Rose, and Sophia, when she's, when Blanche tells them that Rebecca wants to be artificially inseminated, they yeah. do this multiple times throughout the episode. They go, ew, and they shudder. Oh, I love that. I think it's so... It's so opposite. I mean, not only did it set up this odd tension for that to happen. So, like, as Blanche is admitting this truth about her daughter, as she's sort of saying she wants to get inseminated, and she's, like, she's literally dropping one line after another, and it cuts to the girls just sitting there very silently staring at Blanche, not knowing how to respond. And then Blanche is like, please say something. And then, of course, Rose is the first to say, ooh. Mm -hmm. It's very natural for her character to say, ooh. Right. But then... 
and the audience appreciates that because it's it's it in a weird way it did pop a little bit of that bubble of the silence with the ooh and then all of a sudden the real punchline is the woman who's not supposed to say ooh the woman who is supposed to be thinking philosophically about this she says ooh and that's funny because mm-hmm. it's so against character that it, it feels you're talking about Dorothy I'm talking about Dorothy because Blanche says Dorothy this, you're like the pragmatic exactly. one exactly yeah. and Dorothy goes ooh and it's so fun it's like seeing Dorothy dance it's so out of character that it's fun this is a key like this is I'm glad that you brought this up and this to me is why this episode is a very good example of what makes the show work for me at least or one of the things it's such a progressive show you have very open-minded independent Mm -hmm. older women which played against type severely at that at that time in that day and age even today. Yeah. And even and then even when one of them has some sort of, you know, old school, archaic, whatever way of thinking, they work it out and they, they eventually see the light or yeah. whatever. So it's a very progressive show. That being said, it's not it's not precious. Yeah. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I love the fact that they make racial jokes. I yeah. love the fact that they make gay jokes. Yeah. I love the fact that they make that Sophia just straight up calls Blanche a slut. Yeah. And I feel like if this show came out now, there would be back the, the, the like a typical sort of backlash mm-hmm. of like, well, yeah. that's, that's shaming and that's this and that's right. that. And yeah. it's like, you know, that we, we all kind of took a breath when there's basically the scene where Dorothy says like, I was unconscious when I got pregnant. Yeah. And it's like, so basically she says like, yeah, I got raped. And she says it in this way of like, Hey, it happened back then. You know what I mean? So, like, we all know that that's not okay. Yeah. And it sucks (laughs) that that happened back then. But I like that they make a joke about it instead of going down this, like, very righteous, like, now we all need to stop and think here. Have that that serious moment. Yeah. I like that she's just like, yeah, he must have slipped me something. And then Sophia comes in, apparently. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Or obviously. Yeah. yeah. Whatever the line was. Yeah. Yeah. The women all start talking about... um, Because, you know, Blanche is telling them her concerns, which is that it seems very unnatural. You know, the baby won't have a father. And so then the other women all tell Blanche stories about, like, the unconventional ways their children were conceived. Like, sure, that may be unconventional, but, like, all of our children were conceived in unconventional ways. And Sophia is the first one up who starts to tell the story of when Dorothy was conceived, where Sal literally took her right there behind the sausage and pepper stand and the squirming They're of all, Dorothy in that chair, she looks like she's going to vomit. You it makes realize me laugh. the theme of all three of the women's odd impregnations come from public sex. Yeah, that is that's very interesting. Well, You're right. Dorothy's they Dorothy's were parked in a, in a car. car. That's public. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also yeah, it's basically yeah, she says she says that Stan essentially she was unconscious and then yeah. he slipped her something. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, is it's fucked Again, up. in 2016, that is unsettling. <laughs> it, it will only be, yes. But that said, also, like, it doesn't take away from the truth of her situation. That's literally what happened. It doesn't and need to go into a... Sure, you know. sure. And, that's, that's, and that's, that's what I like about when they make these types of jokes on the show. They make them from the perspective, which I, I, I think is always... What I'm about to say, I think this is always a fair perspective to make a joke from. Yeah. It's not somebody pointing a finger at somebody else's situation and making a joke. It's somebody saying, this was my situation. Yeah. Sure. And I'm, I've dealt with it. I don't care. So yeah. I'm making a joke about it now. Yeah. Or this is how I deal with it. 
And I always feel, yeah, I'm adopted. Mm-hmm. I would make really harsh adoption jokes when I first started doing comedy. And people yeah. would groan and it would make me angry because yeah. I was like, fuck you. Yeah. This is my situation. Mm-hmm. I can make any joke about this that I want. Totally. When I start saying other people that are adopted XYZ, then you can groan. Right. Yeah. I had, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, there, you're right. There is a thing. I had to do that with a comic when I was going through chemo. There was this one comic who, I won't say her name. She'll never be a guest on this podcast. Uh, but she she made some weird reference where I was making jokes about my cancer online and you know sure, when I was sure. performing and stuff. And then she had she connected some other some other comic got cancer and uh, and she made some message being like, "Look, you you have to compete for whatever with this guy. Like you have to compete for atten- cancer attention with this guy now." And she she legitimately thought it was a funny comment that she was making. And I was just like. You don't have cancer. You, you. This isn't your thing to right. make comedy about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is our thing to make comedy mm-hmm. about. Exactly. You don't have this right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a true. There's a. You can make it about your own life, and that's what she was doing. And it was a great. I thought it was a really funny bit. And the one of the other things they do on the show, um, and they do it in this episode very briefly. Yeah. They make a. It's it's sort of a soft lob joke about Star Search at one point. <laughs> where, what does Rose say? You can get sperm from Nobel Prize winners, and then yeah. she goes, oh, or is it Star Search winners? Yeah. And the joke being, obviously, what a fucking drop-off that is. <laughs> you know, but I love, this. Is a, that's that just reminds me of, like, a consistent thing they do on the show that, again, they don't do on a lot of other TV shows now. They just straight up shit on yeah. other TV shows. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that are on their network that they were on, uh-huh. that were on other... They make so many jokes about 30-something, yeah. which was mm-hmm. such an annoyingly pretentious show. show. The Cosby Show. Yeah. They take shots at so many, like, quasi-celebrities yeah. and, like, these hangers-on that, like, won't get out of the spotlight yeah. and just leave show business. Totally. No, it's they were great. They were, yeah. They, uh, yeah, they were great. And this whole bit about them each, like, Rose is getting pregnant where right. it I was a, sandwich day. Well, yes. I have a question about that. Does... When Rose says she got pregnant because her and Charlie forgot to put the piece of cheese between them, yeah. is Rose saying that she used cheese as a condom? No, she's saying that there was cheese. In, so they both are wearing a sandwich board and they're both right. in it. And there was a large piece of cheese that was supposed to be separating them. Oh. But they forgot the cheese that day. And Charlie was perhaps stimulated and it slipped into her vijayjay. Yeah. And I see. then she okay. got a little pregnant. I thought maybe we were going to have to have like a, a sort of a, a health lesson with oh, no, Rose, and Rose on Rose ain't never using, using condoms. Rose right. has never and used a condom in her also, life. And also, who are Adam and Janella? She, we know Rose has Kirsten, but now this is... Rose is naming children that we never meet. Because we never meet. She has like 12 children. I know. I'm just saying. I, I don't, I'm don't. i curious to know if this is the one episode where she mentions that she has children named Adam and Janella. Janella. I don't... I, well, I've got... I'm take, I take umbrage with Rose's names of her children. Because after the sandwich story, she goes... And that's how we got Kirsten. It's Kirsten? We met Kirsten. We yeah, met we've Kirsten. met Kirsten. But I mean, Kirsten, mm-hmm. who yeah. was born in 1958 or whatever. It's like, <laughs> who was naming their daughter Kirsten? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. In 1958, there was like Susan, Agnes, Beatrice, yeah. mm. Marie. You know, Marie. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's like, who, that, so that kind of, that, that was Jewish, You got Ruth. You got Sarah. I have to say one of my favorite jokes in this whole series, which is, I think, the next time we meet Becky, where she has a baby, where she has Aurora, yeah. Blanche goes 
like, oh, that's just, it's such, a, the name isn't, isn't pretty to the ears, you know, Aurora. I think Aurora is a goes, beautiful name. Oh, it's not Blanche. And it is the way she says it. I'm my like, favorite, that's why you got cast. My favorite character in any movie ever is named Aurora. Aurora Greenway from Terms of Endearment. Hmm. Well, I think it's the go. most perfectly written character. I've never in, seen Terms of Endearment. You should. It's, it's. I, and I think Golden Girls fans will also appreciate it. There's there's this like, it's it's written by a, a TV writer James L. Brooks, written and directed, yeah. and it was his first major film. And it, you look at it now and you think it's like just a sappy you know chick flick tearjerker sort of TV movie type thing, but it was the first of all of them, and it was this sort of weird blending of like drama and comedy and. Just it, literally the most perfectly written script you will ever see. Yeah, I have a funny ter- terms of endearment story. I was on the road with this comedian, Two Ray Gordon, who was like my mentor yeah. and like got me started basically in Philly. And he was he was a black comic, or he is a black comic, and uh, he didn't die <laughs> or change races. But we were we we were on the road once. So I was really early on in comedy. We got really high in, in his hotel room and. Uh, we started talking about movies, and he brought up the color purple. Yes, and he's like, he's like, man, it's like in the color purple, man. When when Oprah says da da da, and I was like, I've never seen the color purple, and he's like, you ain't seen the color purple, motherfucker. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, and he really like started laying into me. Yeah, and I was like, back off, man. It's like me yelling at you because you never saw Terms of Endearment. He goes, you never saw Terms of Endearment? It's the shit. I love him. (laughs) I want to know this man. He's a great guy. Uh, Wow. I feel like he and I would be great friends. Can I get some more coffee really quick? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Am I allowed to walk away? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You're fine. I will say, um, so. We're very informal here. Yes. Here, I'll hold it for you. Um, So... uh, the next day, um, Blanche finally sort of has a moment to to, to talk to Rebecca about yeah. how she feels after she sort of marinated and what mm-hmm. the girls have said. And I feel like Blanche kind of doubles down on Rebecca by saying to her. Yeah, she does. She says, no man is going to want to marry you with a baby. So now she's not even saying it's unnatural. Well, You'll be a single mother. Well, well, but now well, she's well, saying well, you're well, never well. going to find a man. She's not getting drastic. She's getting to the root of how she feels, which is. Well, essentially that. No, not really, because she's not saying this is why I'm scared for you as a mother to a daughter. She's That's not just how sort she of, feels, though. She's, okay, how does she feel? She's worried about her daughter never being with a man. She is. Like, okay, but she's not saying if you don't have, you know, how, how will you... How will you live your life and support a, a child as a single mother? Like, she's not doing any of that. She's just saying... No man's ever going to want to marry you. Yeah. You're going to be, you know what I, I, I don't know. I just feel like she's coming across it. The way that Blanche is handling it is she's being mean. Which is how she is. And, I mean. And, and after that, Rebecca, even though Rebecca storms off and she says like, well, then you're never going to meet your grandbaby. She's got the same voice as Blanche. Yeah. But then she storms off. Rebecca still comes back to Blanche and tries to give her another chance to make things right, even after she's said that to her. I'm laughing at Joe because he spilled some coffee and he's cleaning it. It's, it's so nice. Joe yeah. is like literally the nicest straight man I think I will ever see <laughs> in my apartment ever. <laughs> People don't expect that from me because I'm, no. pr- I'm a prickly dude. Well, you have you have a you have a, a rough edge to you. Yeah, people are always. I've I've been out with women that'll be like, "You're so sweet." 
like they're shocked. Yeah, no, they literally will be like, I thought you were going to be a fucking asshole. And I'm like, yeah. how do women react when they see seasons one through five at your apartment? Oh, I was going to say this earlier. Uh, the, the, it goes highly unnoticed. And by the way, it's next to my pink... Uh, fuzzy box set of Sex in the City, the complete you series. You just gave me a big heart boner. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's women never comment on wow. it. I'm shocked. They yeah. never comment on it. I'm dating the wrong women. Yeah, you are. Interesting. Guys comment on it. Guys are I'm frequently sure like, who, who, what is this? I'm sure I wonder if maybe, <laughs> I wonder I if maybe the it. women think like, it's one of those things where like, oh, it's a leftover thing from when I used to live with an old girlfriend and they're like, if oh, they, upon meeting you, they're like, oh, I don't want to like have a no. weird conversation. No, I asked I for know. that for Christmas. In fact, I had a joke about it. That I did ask for it for Christmas, and I'm like, and it comes, the joke was, it comes in this giant pink fuzzy box. <laughs> I love that so you have there's that. no hiding from what you just received. No. It's literally like, here you go, queef. <laughs> <laughs> Here's every episode of Sex, Sex in the, the City. City. I guarantee you, you are warming so many people's hearts right now listening oh, well, to this podcast. I, 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 this I is the demographic that, that appreciates it. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know who else likes that show? Who? Uh, and this will come as a surprise. I was on the road once. Well, I was on the road many times with him years ago, but he's a friend of mine, but Jay Moore. Oh. Jay Moore. Interesting. I said to him once, I go, you know, dude, I'm like, I think I maybe had downloaded a script or something. For, yeah. I don't, for some reason, I had Sex in the City on my desktop. I can't remember why, like in a file. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and he was like, why does it say Sex in the City? I was like, oh, because I'm trying to write a pilot and I want to mod. I was like, dude, don't make fun of me, man. And he goes, yeah. What, why would I make fun of you? It's the pilot is the most perfectly written pilot I've ever seen. It's, a, it's, it's an amazing TV show. He was dead so serious. Funny. He that's, was like almost disgusted. Like I why love would I that. Make, yeah, uh, that's incredible. So anyway, Sex um, and the City. Yeah. So yeah. so in in so this- Blanche is pushing back, but eventually. They do get to a place, and we have to mention the B story here. So, the B story so, doesn't matter, but it does because it gets Sophia to the sperm bank eventually, mm-hmm. where Sophia is, is avoiding going to the doctor. She doesn't want to get a checkup. Dorothy's like, "Get the fucking checkup, ma!" And finally, when Blanche relents, says that she will go. Well, because Rebecca says, "I'm going to a sperm bank. This yeah. is sort of your last chance to try to make things right. Exactly. So come with me to the sperm bank." And she'll, she says she'll go if all the girls will go with her. And Sophia has this really, really cute moment where she, like, starts taking off her apron. She's like, oh, boy, we're going to the sperm bank. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's so adorable. Well, that's a, that's a day out. That is an adventure for Sophia. And then and then Dorothy's like, we're not going to, you can't go unless you go to get your checkup. And then and Sophia just turns around and goes, fine, but this better be a great sperm bank. I yeah, love when yeah. she acts like a child. Yeah, I do, um, too. And I like, I like the way, I really appreciate the way the Sophia character is written because I... I I'm adopted into a very Italian family. Yeah. And we had women on, on both sides of the coin that, you know, older women on both sides of the, of the coin uh, in the sense that there were like those traditional Italian women that like didn't have any, uh-huh. couldn't see anything outside of like what they knew. Yeah. And, you know, they're closed minded or worse, some of them. But we do have women in my family that are around Sophia's age yeah. that are very much just like, who cares, like, what you do? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. there's yeah. no judgment. It's like, 
doesn't matter. You get old, you die. Like, Things just happen. live your that's, life. Yeah, that's yeah. a really yeah. refreshing that is great. Uh, version. So, yeah, it's very refreshing. Yeah. Sophia. Um, so they go to the sperm bank, which yes. to me looks less like a sperm bank and more like the, the like, fashion office that Suell works at in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's uh-huh. Dead, which uh-huh. is, like, 92-ish. Right. Uh, I just, I don't know. It was, like... You know, blue carpets, bright pink walls. It was yeah. just very, and even the receptionist right. looked like she looked like a rejected character actress from Designing Women. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, like she looked like she missed that guest role in Designing Women, and she was like, "Oh man, I got that Golden Girls though. Take that, Dixie Carter." Yeah. Also, Blanche is dressed like a bumblebee, which she I is. also kind of enjoy. She is. It's, yeah, it's just wild. A lot of, lot of um, in this episode. Their outfits are always pretty wild and yeah. ex- way too extravagant for what it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this episode, a lot of solid color outfits. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. dr- Blanche at the end is mm-hmm. in that full red getup. Which yeah. I would point. Sophia's wearing a full hot pink dress. Yeah. And then the apron that she's mm-hmm. cooking with is hot pink yeah. over it. Uh, I think Rose has a green full thing on it. They one don't point. know what to do with the money they have at this point. They're just like, this show just keeps raking it in. Let's just give them weird outfits. Well, yeah, they have a lot of money, but they don't have enough money to make like a proper elevator door open. Did you That's see true. the way the I elevator opened at the did. office? Yeah. It opened on the right side, and then it looked like the guy, like the the guy pulling the left side of it, just like forgot and was like, and then yeah. it like very shakily <laughs> opens. I was like, you don't have enough money to do another take so that the <laughs> elevator doors open at the same time, like every elevator in existence. <laughs> My favorite line in this scene oh, is God. Sophia sitting there in the chair, and she turns to the man next to her, next to her, and she's just like. Bet this is better than giving blood. <laughs> oh, just, the man that Joey thought was Dave Coulier. We were all yeah, wondering for a minute. I would have put my life on it for a wow, second until they got around that profile. It was mm-hmm. Dave Coulier. Then they got around the front, and I was like, oh, that's not Dave Coulier. Yeah, he was the too only way that made me think that's not Dave Coulier. I was like, his hair is blonder than that. I, uh, that was the one. Went to, he was not there, unfortunately. I went to mm. Bob, I don't know Bob Saget. A friend of mine brought me to Bob Saget's birthday party this oh. year. Oh, fun. But it was at the house of the man who created Full House. Oh, Jeff Franklin? Yeah, which is... Massive. It's the... Cr- I'll never see a house like that again in my life. Yeah. I Trash like me should not have been allowed into the house. Oh, don't say that. It's cr- it was crazy. I would think the exact same thing about mm-hmm. myself. It was crazy. It was cr- That's was amazing. With, I was with Bill Burr and he goes, this place looks like a cheesecake factory. <laughs> It was it was so big. It was crazy. Oh, I love it. It was all like gold and ornate and like No, it was very nice, but okay. it was just such a massive structure from yeah. the outside that you were like, this must be some sort of a restaurant or something. So funny. But anyway, but the point is is I Dave Collier was not there, but I did meet John Stamos, mm-hmm. Bob Saget. Oh. And uh, and then the two daughters were there from Full Anyway, John Stamos is yeah. beautiful. That's what I was getting at. He really is. He's aged very well. In person, I it, like you're just like, come on, dude. Like, did it did it make you be like, I'd be gay for you? Uh, uh no, <laughs> no. But I've, I've I've I'm not uh, you know I've been down that road certainly. Yeah. Um, he's a little too he's I think he's a little too pretty for me. Yes, I agree. I think that with a lot of dudes, like like. Well, Elliot and I and, and Brent Sullivan, a mutual friend of ours as well, yeah. past guest on the podcast, well, we have this group text that I often refer to, and it's always just us complaining about things. But every once in a while, we'll, we'll share someone that we're just, like, obsessed with because they're so pretty. And nine times out of ten, when they share one, I'm like, nah, it's too pretty. I don't want to... 
I don't want to feel that. I got to have someone with like love handles or something. You know what I mean? Like I got to yeah. Something to like have an equalizer. Mm. I saw I was at a and this this time was my exception to that. I saw I was at the MTV Movie Awards. Ooh, bragger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a guest of a guest. I don't uh. mean to brag. Uh, I was not invited directly. Uh, but I I was but so we we were in the like the party room where yeah. like the guests get to go, yeah, where the bar is, and it, the Avengers two was uh, featured on it, uh-huh. so they were all there, wow. and like not ten feet away from me was Chris Helmsworth and Scarlett Johansson. Wow, and the two of them, I was like, those are literally the two most beautiful people I've ever seen in real life. Like uh-huh. I've never seen two more beautiful people, and. Chris, it, like Scarlett Johansson, I was like, my God, she's beautiful. Chris, I couldn't even wrap my head around. He literally looked like a god had come down. <laughs> I've never seen, I've never seen beauty in human form like that. Wow, ever, wow. like not even close. I think we are all going to be doing a Google image search right now, extensive of Chris Hemsworth. It's you're not going to get it though. We've all seen him in pictures and on the TV. We all know he's. We've all seen him in the moving pictures. I'm telling you, when you see him in real life, you're like, what is happening right now? How is this? Real. Man. It's, it literally, he looks like a superhero. Yeah, now he's trying to be funny. Yeah. Well, That's okay. What are you going to do? That's okay. Do? No, it's not okay. Um, Those people shouldn't be funny. We're, we look this way for a reason. So we're at the sperm bank. <laughs> That's a good point. And we go She's into She's like, the, enough of this bullshit. I'm just, I'm the one who gets us on tra- back on track. That's, That's all. Thank you. Fair enough. So we're in the doctor's office now. Yes. And um, the Dr. Manning, who's the sperm doctor. He was doctor, the accountant, right? No, he played the teacher in adult education. Right. He told Blanche yes. if she slept with him, he'd give her a good grade. So of course she doesn't trust him as a sperm doctor. Yes. Really? That was That's not the same guy. No. That's not that guy. He played someone else. He played the administrator that said there was nothing that they could do without evidence or something. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. He was Dean Tucker. But that man also, the man who, that teacher in that episode was also in a recent episode in season four where he played um, the guy who put one over on Rose who was dating Blanche as well at the same time. I like that they, yeah, they have a lot of, they have that sort of stable of people that kind of resurface. And that goes back to, that's really old sitcom stuff because that... Yeah, yeah, we yeah we've talked about it a ton on yeah, how like you don't so binge shows anymore. So if you see someone in season one and then season five, people aren't going to really remember. Yeah. Well, do you, um, do you know where it? I believe it came from is what? because the the best the best example I could cite of it is the Honeymooners, which is yeah. one of my favorite TV it's shows. A good show. It's a great and show. There, there's always the same guy that plays like Ralph's coworker. Then it's his boss. Then yeah. it's the pool shark mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's because. It started on the Jackie Gleason Variety Show. They started doing honeymooner sketches. So whenever they needed another guy, it was that guy. Yeah. He was like one of the sketch players. Wow. And then like it became its own show, and they just kept using that guy. Yeah. And I wish they still did that. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, yeah it'd be fun like to that. see a TV show now where well, American Horror Story kind of does it. Kind of. They also yeah. kind of a little bit sometimes did it on Thirty Rock, where characters would play similar characters and mm-hmm. they would do weird things. Yeah. I mean, coffee again. It's fine, dude. Don't worry about it. Um, so. <laughs> Damn Blanche. So even though the girls are talking to the doctor and he's kind of explaining the process and everything, Blanche at this point still cannot wrap her head around uh, Becky getting artificially inseminated. Um, And she even... Before we get into Blanche's angry, there is a wonderful moment where 
you know, Blanche is saying something about how she doesn't understand why she needs to be doing this. And then Dorothy then responds, she's always relied on the kindness of strangers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then, like, it gets a huge laugh. Yeah. yeah. And this a big is the, moment. Carrie, this moment you're about to mention is it, they do it very well because it's the only moment in the episode where it gets a little serious for a second, mm-hmm. but it's not too hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again, Season six and seven, major beef. They get way too... They get serious. They get way too fucking serious. Yeah. Way too serious. Yeah. So, and I don't I'm going to look at those that. later, those two seasons now, like try to try to see it through that well, lens and it. see we're, if we're I agree. Getting, we're yeah. getting yeah. too close. You're yeah. going to see. You're yeah. going to see. Um, yeah. So but, Blanche gets angry and she basically just leaves. I mean, the, the they end it. And then Sophia at the end of the bit, after all of them come by, she, he, she leans in and she's like, you don't have any Tony Bennett stored in there, do you? Mm-hmm. And then Dorothy just drags her out, and it's a cute little Which, scene. I think, Joe, you also, we both sort of looked at each other at the yeah. same time. We were just like, what, what is Sophia going to do with that sperm? Yeah. I just like, is she going to yeah. eat it? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's the, the implication yeah, being that she obviously can't get pregnant from it, so she just wants to She just wants to I do mean, she would something. sell it. She wants to That's put it in Sophia one of those, do. like, Sophia would sell it. spray guns. She would have the, a scheme, like, and she would sell it. Like the water bottles with, like, the fan on it, and she just wants to, like. Yeah. <laughs> So back at home, uh, Rebecca is about to leave and Blanche is very passive aggressively lounging and getting sun out on the lanai. And, um, oh, Oh. Frazier, are you okay? You're okay. He's just coughing. Oh, (laughs) Frazier. Unless he throws up on you. (laughs) He's got a hairball. Yeah, he's good. He's good, guys. Um, So Blanche is very passive aggressively refusing to even say goodbye to her daughter. Yeah. Uh, and then Dorothy um, tells, essentially tells Blanche that, like, you know, she tells her a story about when she was young with Sophia and, and basically how you have to let your kid make their own decisions, which is a lesson that Dorothy learned when Kate wanted to take yes. Dennis back after he cheated on her. Uh-huh. And it's a lesson that Dorothy will learn again when mm-hmm. her son Michael brings home Lorraine and she refuses to accept that he's dating an older which woman. Which happened. Has that already happened, yes. that episode? Oh, we did a live okay. episode about it. Oh, okay. That's so the then, older right, black we woman. Did. Yes. yes. So Dorothy's yeah. now had to learn this lesson twice. Yep. So she is the right person and by to the maybe way, another, say this to Blanche. Oh, I'm sorry, here no, I stepped not. in. An- that's another great example on the episode where they deal with something yeah. that's, that's, that's an issue they're for certain in people. They're fucking blackface. Yeah. And they're making they're making jokes about it yeah. though. They're not well. They have you know, mud on their faces. It was they it went was, to the a joke spa. was supposed to be I know, blackface. I know that is yeah. a great moment when they walk in with the mud masks on. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. We had Baron on that episode. Baron Vaughn. We were talking about him beforehand. Our mutual yeah, friend. Love yeah. Baron. Yeah. But um, this is the story that kind of finally brings Blanche around. It seems like Blanche is now seeing it from a different perspective, which yeah. is. My daughter's going to do what she wants to do, yeah. and I just have to try and be supportive of her and realize that, like, she's going to make, she has to make her own decision. Which is the ultimate yes answer that we knew we were coming to. We mm-hmm. had to come to this. It all yeah. comes down to family. You put aside differences you have, and you want to be there with your family, and you want to love. So, yeah. Um, and this is actually can- the, the, this is the same issue that she had last time Becky was in town, which yeah. was she, Becky was dating a man who treated her like shit and she wanted to this step in. This is a theme in. that always yeah, happens with damn. Blanche, with her brother, with everything, that she has to just get past whatever struggle. Well, they also come, like, uh, yeah, it, it, it is, it, the, the struggle's a theme, but I think also, like, the dysfunctional family, however you want to refer to it, is a recurring theme with Blanche, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I like, because despite, like, the weirdness of St. Olaf... Or the craziness of Dorothy's upbringing or whatever. 
when they talk about Blanche's family, you're like, you guys were like fucked up. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like a fucked up Southern. It is. It's mm-hmm. fucked up. And in a weird way, it feels like. thing, you know. It, it shows her acting ability. They're in some way. It's it's humanizing Blanche. It's bringing Blanche down to a level where she's relatable. You know, she's not just this sex pot, hyper sexual person. She's a she's a person with feelings, and she has she has she's vulnerable. And right. It, mm-hmm. it really that she does a really really great job of conveying that. I think better than the other girls. While we're here, can I? I said earlier that the the, the Pinkerton guards joke was my favorite. I, I want to cite. Two other Golden Girls jokes, if please. I can. Because sure, I don't please. get to talk please. about this often, <laughs> let alone on a podcast. But my favorite episode ever is the Burt Reynolds episode. Oh, mm-hmm. that is a great episode. And the two jokes in that that also might be my favorite jokes are when Sophia goes into the jail cell. Yes. She goes, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And Dorothy's like, I know, Mom. And she goes, no, I can't believe these dumb cops think anybody would pay to have sex with you, Hank. <laughs> that is a good one. That line is great. <laughs> and then... The greatest sitcom reveal of all time, Burt Reynolds actually shows up at yeah. the end in full Burt Reynolds mode. He's chewing I mean, the gum. Stash. It's literally the Norm yeah. MacDonald. It's the Norm yes. MacDonald impression of Burt Reynolds. Yes. yes. And it's also, and, I think, the longest applause break they've ever had from a guest star. I think we timed it. It was like 20-second applause break where he didn't so speak. So great. Yeah. And then the, the line is so great. These are your roommates. Which one's a slut? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, they all raise yeah, their hands. Yeah, they all raise their hands. But I yeah. mean, just talk about like a grand slam so joke. Yeah. Sophia's clearly been telling him one of them's a real slut. Yeah. <laughs> he I mean, comes in, no candor, just doesn't know what's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the way that anytime Burt Reynolds shows up to a civilian's house, he's just Which like, one's the slut? who's the sluttiest person here? Wow, that is, um, that is. I think that might be. I think I've said it before in the podcast. That might be one of my favorite episodes. It's a great episode. Yeah. I love that episode. The only serious because every Golden Girls moment, every Golden Girls episode has one break to commercial where it gets kind of serious for yeah. a second and it plays that serious music. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and the only serious moment in that one is when they realize they're being mistaken for prostitutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it never gets too heavy. Yeah, no. Right. My yeah. favorite joke from that episode is the Attica line, when yeah. when Dorothy tries to fight back with the with the scuffle that's happening, um, and and she's like, "I did time in Attica," and the prostitute's like, uh, "That's a men's prison." And then Dorothy's like, "Yeah, it took him three months to figure it out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it's great. So great. Such a good line. That's great. I'm line. here to get you guys out of here. Yeah. How are you going to get us out? She brought up. Oh wait, what, Rose goes. When are you going to bail us out? And, the, and Dorothy goes. No, she brought a manicotti with a file in it. <laughs> so good. That's got a lot of great. It's, it's a great a lot episode. of great jokes. We should go back and watch well, so that one. This episode wraps. Blanche and 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 Rebecca mend things and everything's fine, but it does do a great callback. The girls all come together. They're all hugging each other and they acknowledge how she's going to have this baby, how she's going to get pregnant. And again, they all together go. Yeah. But not until Rebecca walks away to cancel of the cab ride of so that Blanche can drive her to the airport and they can spend a little bit more time together. Which is lovely. Because at least they didn't do the ooh in front of Rebecca. But the ooh, again, I go back, the ooh is an important moment in the episode. I, I agree, and I like that they call it back, and it is endearing to me because it it reinforces this thing of like, hey, man, we're progressive, but we're not precious. Like, we're allowed yeah. to not understand we're something, to be grossed but to out accept by something. it. Yeah. Right. You know, so like, I, I like that. That that part, but um, I have a I have a gold I have a prop from the show. Do you in my apartment? What is it? I should have brought a picture of it. Yeah, it's a tissue box cover. 
It's a gold. Wow. Not it's not real gold, but it's a gold colored. Yeah. It's meant to look. Where like did you gold. get it? My friend Scott, who I grew up with, he's my oldest friend in the world, gave it to me for Christmas. Oh, that's wow. nice. You're the second person we know that has a tissue box cover they from were the a show. Thing. They were a thing in the as 80s. a prop. That's a really fun prop to it's have. It's so gaudy. Like yeah. I'm like this. Yeah. I feel like it must have been in Blanche's bedroom somewhere. Probably. Mm-hmm. And I just have it sitting on my counter next to like a vase or something. Like, a I, I don't use it as yeah. Literally, I don't use Joe, it as a. You are breaking down stereotypes in my head of how I think straight men live, left and right. I live. I live pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, people wow. don't get it. They come into my apartment. They're like, it's so clean and yeah. Good for you. you. Know. Good for That's you. That's great. Thanks. I have a feeling you have. An entire new fan base happening right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be lovely. I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope um, so. So at the end of every podcast, that's the episode, guys. And at the end of every podcast, we do a um, golden takeaway. It's like a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can take from the episode that you can apply to your life or the lives of the listeners. We'll, right. we'll start so you have an example. Um, my golden takeaway from this episode is... Matchy matchy. I'm not a fan of like Blanche's whole like red outfit and everything. It's just it's too much. Like I it almost looked like she was just wearing pajamas the entire episode, even when she wasn't wearing pajamas. That's, I, okay. I, that's, I, I just, I you're feel, saying mix it up with I'm the colors. I'm saying mix it up, guys. Like, wear something different. Like, if you're going to get into that college look where you're just wearing pajamas all the time, like, own it or do something right. Do something opposite of that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, my golden takeaway is ever since I said that, I thought that Rose was saying she used cheese as a condom, and I haven't been able to get that out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to urge listeners to, um, like, if you're in a desperate situation... Don't use cheese. Don't use cheese as a condom or any other food item. Maybe not a Ziploc baggie. Like, just... You can use saran wrap for oral sex. Okay. But who uses condoms for oral sex? Who uses dental dams? Yeah, not me. <laughs> anyway, that's... Definitely not me. It is. It's not a very deep takeaway. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it until since I, I love said that. it. What, yeah. what, would make, what cheese would make the best condom, probably? Swiss. Swiss, Yeah, think? it'll bend without There's breaking. There's so many holes in it, though. Sure, but you 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 get baby Swiss like, with smaller holes. No, I know, but you you double up on it. The foundation of a condom is to not have holes. Right, that's but, a good point. But but like think of a piece of cheddar. If you bend a piece of cheddar in half, it's going to break. Swiss is I think mozzarella very malleable. Is good oh, mozzarella. I think brie because it'll just surround your dick and create sort of like a brie. I think yeah, mm, sure. Maybe, but not like a wheel of brie, because then no, you, you gotta have the like rind. take the brie. And, it's almost like you're sculpting the right. brie around okay. your Okay, I can get I can get behind brie. Yeah. What about Joe, you, Joe? What's your My takeaway take away was uh, well, the holidays have passed, and um, we've all probably spent time. Most of us have probably spent time with our families, and there were probably moments where you were talking to your parents or something, and they said something that you thought was so crazy and dumb and closed minded that you were probably furious. And I get it. That's that's frustrating. But just remember, there was a time where artificial insemination could bring a family to its knees. <laughs> Wouldn't even think twice about it right now. You know, nobody would. You'd be like, "Oh yeah, go do it. I don't give a we shit." Got Trump is president. Who gives a fuck if you want to get artificially inseminated? That's so a just good point. You know, so there is some progress. Sometimes perspective. Yeah. Joe DeRosa, yeah. amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Joe, you ha- where can people follow you on the internet? Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so follow me. If you write to me, 
and I don't respond. Please don't take that personally. I don't. <laughs> I try not to. Yes. Uh, I get into shit every time I do. Uh, it's the trolls. I can't. I just. I get. To, I, I just try to. I just try to post the shit and just keep it moving. <laughs> so um, anyway, and you have a podcast as well. I have a podcast. Pat Walsh and I mm. uh, co-host a podcast called We'll See You in Hell. It's on the Fangoria <laughs> Podcast Network. Yeah. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, it's it's a funny podcast, but instead of Golden Girls, we do horror movies. That's horror, amazing. sci-fi. And I'm a huge horror film guy. Well, yeah. Then you you got to come yeah. on. It's a lot. We we never have guests because it's, it's just it's, we do it like a Siskel and Ebert kind of thing. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. It's like a review show. Yeah, but cool. we're not adverse to having a guest come. I on. I mean, you don't make an exception for me. I just love horror films. No, no, please. <laughs> we're it's they're my favorite types of movies. Yeah, um, and uh, it's great. It's great working with Fangoria. I was on this date last night where literally he said he liked horror films and uh, or and novels too and we just like obsessively talked about misery like to the point where like we broke down misery it, it was literally the date started at seven it didn't end until like one because we kept that's talking great. about misery and like the different things of misery that's and how great. amazing yeah. it is yeah misery we've, perfect we've talked a lot on the podcast about Stephen King of course obviously mm-hmm. yeah but we often we on multiple episodes we've debated and debated meaning neither of us can decide what the best Stephen King movie is. If it's Misery, it might be, or The Mist. The it's Mist, all you oh, what the it's Mist not. is so Dreamcatcher. No, it's no, definitely Dreamcatcher. Dream Dreamcatcher. The yeah. Mist. The end of Mist still fucking haunts me. It's and you know that's not the end of the in the story. Oh, I haven't read the story. The story just ends with spoiler alert. If I'm ruining it for anybody, yeah. the story just ends with them kind of driving off into the mist. Oh, and it's kind of like this cliffhanger of like, well. We'll see what's out there in the great unknown. Like, hopefully we don't die. Oh, the movie is very different. <laughs> oh, dude, I saw that movie with my parents. Wow. And we walked out of it like... <sighs> you guys got to watch The Mist. It's... it's, it's Mar- Marsha Marcia Gay Harden has a really good little moment in the film. Uh, she's incredible. But the end of it, I, I'm telling you, it, it leaves me like, that did not just... What? And, yeah, it's uh, a rough. It's a real rough ending. It's rough, and you do not see it coming. And I can't believe they got away with that with the studio. I, know. I can't believe. I wonder if Stephen King blessed it. This I believe is not, we should talk about this on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, we'll do the mystery. Yeah. And you have a comedy special coming out on Comedy Central, February third. You let me down. Comedy That's amazing. Central. We will be watching, and we will remind all Thanks. of you guys when it comes out. Yes. I'm H. Allen Scott. You can follow me H. Allen Scott on everything. And I am Carrie Doherty. I'm Squid Eat Squid on Twitter and Squidzy on Instagram. And you guys can follow the podcast at on Twitter Golden Girls Pod. We're on Facebook dot yeah. slash Golden Girls Podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for continuing to send us messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook. We love them. Please keep them coming. And if you want to set up, if you want to give us a donation, a one-time donation or a monthly donation, you can go to Patreon or, or gladonthelanai.com slash donate. It's, we do this through Patreon, so we really would appreciate the support. And also go on to iTunes and, and give us a little rating because those things also matter a great deal. Yes, they help popularize the podcast. Yeah. And and, and uh, if you guys are following along, the next episode we will be watching is Rose Fights Back. Oh my God, that's a good one. I'm really looking forward to that. Yes. So guys, remember Stay, stay Golden! golden.